Praise Jesus. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Has he been good to you this week, this month, this year? Yeah, we've all been through the pandemic. We've all been through that same thing, but God has been good through it all. What is the, what is the old uh, song that we used to sing in church? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. We've got to learn and that, uh, that we just got to trust him no matter what goes on, what happens in our life. And we're going to do that. It's so good to see y'all. Man, there's so many, man, I see so many wonderful faces out there. So many of y'all that haven't been here in a while. And it's so good to see y'all. God is good and God is doing some great and mighty things in our midst. And he's moving and he's blessing and he's encouraging. And the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. But God comes to bring life and bring life more abundantly. And this is the, the month of love. And we need to uh, love our, uh, up our love this month. Um, you know, we, we are still doing 100 days of, uh, to glory, and that is where you, you have 100 days that, you know, from, from January 1st till um, uh, Palm Sunday that we read 15 minutes a day or read and pray 15 minutes a day or read and 15 and pray 15, however you want to do that, and that you fast for the 100 days and that you um, also um, do generosity for 100 days. Last month was time. This month we ask that your generosity focus is acts of kindness, that you try to do some acts of kindness this month, that you do something special for someone um, during this 100 days of glory. And I'm, I, in this 100 days of glory is not 100 days of glory and then glory's fallen. This is 100 days to glory to where, where we're going to believe that that's the beginning of just, just, just great and mighty, mighty, mighty things. Great things are coming already. But at the end of, end of this 100 days of us praying and fasting and seeking God and, and going before God and laying before Him. And on Tuesday nights, right back here in that room, in the kids' room, we have prayer every Tuesday night from 530 to 630. We encourage you to come. We have some amazing times. The Holy Spirit was there last week. There was just such a beautiful presence in there. And we would encourage you to come and be a part of that. Um, but God is doing great things. And then also, don't forget, we are going to have that, that couple's Valentine's. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I know it's $45, but, but the, the, the caterer is $15 a piece, $15, $16 a piece. And then you got the, the, com the comedian that's a professional comedian. He's not cheesy. He's real, you know. It'll really make you laugh. He's hilarious. Um, and so, uh, honestly, the church is not making a dime. We're probably losing a little bit of money off of this right here, even at that cost, because we want to make it so nice for you, renting the tables and all that kind of stuff. So please try to come out to that. Bring your spouse, bring your date, whatever you want to do. Please sign up. We need about 15 more couples to sign up. we got a lot of couples signed up already, but we need some, a few more. So, But anyway, tonight I, I want to share with you some th today. So I want to share with you some things that God has laid on my heart um, here lately. Um, because COVID has just really, it's really changed people. Has anybody noticed that besides me? It, I mean, it, <laughs> okay, sorry. I shouldn't ask you. Everybody noticed it, right? But, it, but people are just different. People, Christians are different. People are just, you know, obviously full of anxiety and fear and doubt. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about spiritually. It's changed people spiritually. They've gotten hard-hearted. They take things personal. Um, and typically twice a year I talk about forgiveness anyway. And, and, and I normally start this month. But, man, it's just really on my heart. And I don't know why. Um, I thought I was going to be going a different direction with what, what's been going on this with, with Ethan. But, but, man, God just really said, you know, I, I, that you did, here's where we need to go, and I'm going to follow God. And uh, I, I, I love mini golf, by the way. Um, I'm a professional mini golfer. Um, and uh, it's not putt-putt. Putt-putt's for, you know, for uh, uh, amateurs, right? Um, but So mini golf, you know, but, and I love to go play, but Gina, John, and Sydney will never let me keep score. Because they always say I cheat, you know. But I don't cheat. I make it. I make it. I make it in the hole, and you know, one or two, or you know, whatever, and, and that. But they don't want me to keep score. But I feel like I'm really good at that. And when it comes to relationships, you know, I think a lot of us are, are really good at keeping score. 
They don't want nobody else keeping score. I got score on this right here. I remember what you did, Jason. I remember, you know. You know, I, we, we forget. I, the other night, honest to God, I was in, in my chair. I'm just getting old. But I was in my chair, my right hand to God. I, yes, my right hand. I stood up. I stood up. And I just stood there. And Gina says, what's wrong with you, Doug? And I said, I forgot what I was going to do. She said, you just stood up. You know, so we forget, we forget when we just, when we stand up and go, go do something, we forget what it is. We forget where our key's at, but we don't forget nothing somebody did against us. We remember every little, sing, every little single thing somebody did bad to us. Ain't that funny how we remember what we want to remember? You know, and when someone has all against us, someone's done something, betrayed us in our mind or what have you, you know, we, we automatically go to that. And we want to keep count, and we, when we do that, we don't let people forget. We, you know, um, today I want to help clear up some misconceptions about this and help you find some next steps and freedom in that. You know, and you may say, well, Pastor Doug, I, I don't have unforgiveness towards nobody. Well, there's probably some bitterness that you have towards somebody. You know, there's probably some animosity you have. There's probably something that's just 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 jabbing you in the side a little bit that somebody said or done lately. Or maybe, you know what, maybe right now you feel like you don't. But if we go back to when you were a child or a young adult or a teenager, we could find some things that you really got some issue with somebody about. Um, and it's, and it's, pre it's pretty hard. Um, for, uh, forgiveness is something that we have to do mainly, pretty much on a, a daily basis a lot of times and ask God to help us with that kind of thing. But we always like to talk about Peter because Peter's crazy, Right? He, he's one that, that held animosity a lot. You know, he was always mad. If you, watched, if you ever get the chance to watch The Chosen, it's really good how they portray Peter, man, because he's like a hothead. You know, and um, they, they were like, they're going to try to kill you, Jesus. And Peter's like, well, I'm not, not if I'm there. I'm going to be right there. Uh -uh, it ain't going to happen, you know. And I love that, how hot-headed he is. He, he's, so, he's, so, he's got so much passion, but he don't use wisdom all the time. You know, and he's constantly, since it's football season, um, is, is constantly, um, if you would say, fumbling the ball. He's, he's constantly got the, he's, he, he's got the ball. He's running. He's doing so good. He's so powerful. He's preaching. He's teaching. And then something happens, and he fumbles the ball. Um, you know, and so Jesus had to correct him a lot, you know, had to say, Peter, calm down, man. You're, you're not right. You got to let that go, you know, and I can just see Pete. It doesn't see, it, there's no really, no specifics in the Bible about that, but knowing Peter, listen up, watching Peter and then knowing Jesus' life, you can put two and two together. There's many times Jesus said, Peter, come on, man. You know better than that. Has there, have, do you ever feel like Jesus has ever did that to you? I, to me, I hear it all, come on, Doug. Come on, man. You're better than that. Let that go. you got to release that, you know. I can just hear God in my voice, I, not necessarily an audible voice, but I can just hear him in the spirit saying, Doug, you got to let it go, man. Come on. Give it to me, right? And, and so then Peter, Peter blurts out, and he comes to Jesus one day and says, Hey, man, uh, hey, Jesus, um, uh, how many times i got to forgive somebody? He's, he's really ticked off. How many times i got to forgive somebody? Seven times? You know, in other words, I've already given probably his brother Andrew, his, his brother was Andrew. He probably, Andrew's on my last nerve. I've done forgiving him six times. It can, is it just one more time that I can punch him? Is that, can, is that what I could do, right? Right? You know, and then so, so, then, so then he was ready to write him off. And, and then in Matthew chapter 18, verse 22, Jesus says, no, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And so, you know, I'm not very good at math, but I can use a calculator. And that's 490 times a day. Okay, 490 times a day. Do you know that 490 times a day, if you split that up into how many seconds there is in a day and all that, that that's once every about 2.8.33 seconds? 2.9388 is the actual number. That's how, every, that's, if you did every three seconds you forgave somebody, then you would hit 
490. You know, and so we, we, you know, and I don't think God gave that number to be specific. I don't think that was what it was. I know he's very specific and very strategic, but I think in that moment, you know, what he meant by that is impossible. You can't, you can't forgive enough. You can't stop forgiving. It's not a number to keep score. It's an, of, of, of whether it's, it's done this time, it's 489. No, no, he's like, you know what? You just have to const blank forgive, you know? And so I want to give you forgiveness fact number one. Forgiveness is not about keeping count. It's about losing count. We're not supposed to keep count with people of, of how many times they've done us wrong and how they did this. and how I talk to marriage of people all the time, and I, I do marriage counseling, and, and um, someone will come, and, and we'll be in a situation, and we've, we've been through something, and they both forgave each other, and then we'll be in another situation, and they want to bring back all that other stuff from the, first, from the first time that we were there. And I was like, oh, stop. No, no, no. Did you forgive them? Well, yes. Okay, well, then if you've forgiven them, then this is a whole other scenario. But, 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 no, 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 no. We can't keep forgiving somebody and then giving, go back and digging up bad blood and trying to add it to what the new blood is. How would we feel if Christ did that to us? Doug, you're forgiven, Doug. You're a pastor. But then maybe this afternoon I, I sin, I think a thought or do something I shouldn't do. He's like, oh, okay, buddy. You're out the pulpit for the rest of the year. Because, you know what, you, you know, because of all the other stuff. But God says whenever he forgives us, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. There's, you can have a black sheet of paper, totally just total, just total black ink on it, and it be our life. And when God forgives us, it's a, total, it's a total white sheet. It is no more. It's not filed away. It's not filed away somewhere where he can grab it and bring it back up. Okay? What it is, is it's, it's no more. The sins are forgiven. It's under the blood. And we're going to get hurt. Your spouse will hurt you. And you may say, no, there's no way, man. We love each other too much. Give it time. I'm sure I've hurt Gina a whole lot more than she's hurt me just because I'm just, I'm just hard-headed, right? You know, and she's so, so precious with that and so forgiving and so loving. But, but, but your, your spouse, your, your kids are going to hurt you. Your parents are going to hurt you. You're going to have somebody gossip about you, you know. And I still haven't got used to that yet. And I've been in ministry for 20, 25 years, and I'm still not, it still hurts my feelings when people talk about me. And I know i got to have thick skin, but it hurts. I'm emotional. I, I'm not that good at it. So when someone talks about me or lies about me, they're going to lie on you. It, it hurts. You'll be disappointed. You may even have somebody abuse you emotionally, mentally, or maybe even physically. Maybe not now in the future, but maybe you have in the past. And you have to forgive all those people. And we'll talk about how to do that here in a moment. Our natural reaction is not forgiveness. It's, it, it, it's to have anger, to have hate to have malice, to have revenge, right? That's what when, when we get angry and we're, we hold on forgiveness against somebody, really what we really want, and the real, really reason why we don't forgive is because we want revenge. We want, we're like, God, I can give this to you, but you're a loving God. You're not going to do what needs to be done, so I need to handle this, okay? So lo true love forgives. And so let me read the scripture to you in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 47. It says, you have heard the law, okay, the law. Not grace, but the law. This is what the law said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Okay, so that, was, that's, that right there is separating law and grace. The law of Moses said, you know, that, you, that you're supposed to, to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I'm saying grace says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, and that's hard to do. But that's a commandment. He, it didn't say question mark or maybe or so, sort of or hopefully you can. It says pray, command. Pray for those who persecute you. 
Because when you pray for somebody and you start praying for them, you, you start thinking about their life and what they went through and what they've been through. And sometimes compassion starts to set in because then you start to realize, you know what? I know why they are the way they are. Because I, I know their past. I know their hurts. I know their pains. And you begin to pray about that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't change anything as far as what they did to you. But, but you, you start feeling a little compassion there. You know, and that way you'll be, it says, and that way, when you pray for those who persecute you, you will be acting as true children of the Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight on both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on just and unjust. And if you only love those who love you, what reward is, that, is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you were only kind to your friends, how different are you from anybody else? Even pagans do that. So it's saying, you, you know, you're supposed to be Christians. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to, what, what I'm reading out of that in my spirit is that forgiveness sets you apart from the world as well. Your love and, you know, and how you treat others and how you love your neighbors, and you'll be known by your fruits. I think you'll also be known by your forgiveness. You know, don't cross, you ever heard somebody, don't cross them because, you know, because that's the revenge. Let me read a few more scriptures on forgiveness. Um, Ephesians 4.32, instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as Christ forgave, has forgiven you. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults. Okay, make allowance, make room. When you're in a relationship, don't have the relationship so tight that there's no room, wiggle room, for them to make a, a fault or a failure. Because as soon as they make a fault or a failure, then you're gone. You're done, son. It's over. They're not going to allow you to be a part of that relationship no more because you made a mistake already. Like they're perfect, right? And so it says make allowance, make room for other people's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. We should truly be undefendable. And I know that's really not a word. It, it, it isn't one of the old, old dictionaries, but, but undefendable. We, we should get to the place where we should always forgive no matter what happens to us. So does that mean it doesn't hurt? It's no, no pain? It means nothing about that. What I'm just saying is we should, I, we should always go to the default of forgiveness. And remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mark eleven twenty five. But when you are praying, first, it says, listen, when you are praying, first, forgive anyone who you're holding a grudge against so that your Father will forgive your sins too. When you're going to God as a Christian and you're saying, God, I want you to forgive me for my sins, he's like, no, no, that's not how you're supposed to pray. This is telling us how to pray right there. He's saying, when you go pray, I want you to pray and you can ask for forgiveness. But first off, I want you to say, God, forgive, uh, I forgive those, those who have hurt me. I forgive others. And now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. You know, and, and the, you know, and, but what we do is, is when we do forgive, we're like David. And y'all know David's one of my favorites. He's like one of my all-time favorites in, in the Bible, King David. He, you know, David said in Psalms 119.84, he, he wanted to forgive people, right? But then he said, but how long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? Okay, I've forgiven them. Now what you going to do about it? You said that I had to forgive, and I've forgiven. Now look at them. They out there sitting fat and sassy and enjoying themselves. What, what, when are you going to rain down the wrath of hell? But God, no, but see, I knew I should have handled it myself. And that's how we feel. That's how we, we're human. You think that way. You know, you know and, and if you haven't thought that way, you haven't been hurt bad enough yet. If you don't feel that kind of anger, that hate, and that rage, you just haven't been hurt bad enough yet. It does not make you a bad, evil person because you have these thoughts that, are, that you've been hurt so bad. You're just like, man, forget about them, man. 
You know, that, that, that's just that's how that happens. You're human. But you, you know what? You know, so if you're asking, how long must I wait before you punish him? I want to tell you something right here that, that you may not have heard before. It's none of your business. It's none of your business how long it takes God to handle something. And that was a word from God. God gave me that. I was like, that's kind of strong, God. He goes, I, that's what I won't say. You know, it's none of your business. And, you know, and because what's going to happen, but here, they're getting ready to die, Lord, and you ain't still done nothing to them. You know what? But you know what? We all stand before God one day, and everything will be accounted for at that point. Okay, but at that point, but see, the thing is, so it's none of our business, and it's, easy, it's, easy, it's not easy saying that. C.S. Lewis, I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. Oh, you need to forgive, baby. You need to forgive somebody. You know, but then somebody does them wrong. Oh, my God, it's about to be on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm saying? And so, so you got to remember those kind of things and know that. And you gotta, you got you to say, you know what? i got to forgive. You may say, I don't have unforgiveness, but I'm telling you, you've got, you've got some kind of resentment in your heart. You've got something going on. And I'm not trying to cast that on everybody. There. Everybody, well, everybody. No, but if you haven't, you had. And if you had, have, have you really healed from that and handled that the right way and if you have it in the past and you have it now you will how are you going to handle it then and all it takes is a little bitter seed all it takes is a faith of a mustard seed to move mountains well all it takes is is a faith of a little bit of unforgiveness to tear that mountain and blow it up and so all it takes is a little bit so when someone does and someone says someone talks about you you know and it may not be full-blown i'm trying to talk to you now and help you so it don't get to unforgiveness so when you start having these doubt of, of this doubt of, of bitterness and anger and mal and rage, they start coming in your mind that you can deal with it immediately. Jesus had to teach, you know, Peter and his followers even further in Matthew chapter 18, 23 through 25. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is compared to a man who decided to bring his accounts up to date. He was doing some book work with his servants and who had borrowed money for him. And so in this process, one of his debtors was brought and that owed him millions of dollars in today's, in today's. It tells you in the King James their, their terms just tells you our terms what our dollars would be um, he, he couldn't pay so his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owed <laughs> owned I was like wow dude that's, a, that's legit right there it's to pay this debt but the man fell down before his master and begged him please please be patient with me I will repay it all then the master was filled with pity compassion and said and released him and forgave his debt and said you know what i feel the spirit of god in here he said in his mind probably and said you know what well, here it is I, I got all this debt millions of dollars but i see your heart man i know you're not gonna ever gonna probably be able to replay this pay this so i just forgive it all okay it's kind of like a jesus thing there what jesus did for us right um and so i want you to know right now that all of the vows that you make and break all of the lying that you have, have done, all the cheating and stealing, all your nasty attitudes, all of, all of your gluttony. I said, you, I'm, I'm saying us. Okay, please forgive me. I, it's our, I'm involved in all this with, with you. Um, I, I, we're all on the same page. Um, our gluttony, our lust, our greed, our idolatry, our addictions, all of our prejudices, God will forgive you. God will forgive you, and he will forgive it all for you. He forgives it, period okay but you got to go to him and then when you go to him and ask for forgiveness there needs to be a change it's kind of like salvation whenever you get saved and you get up and then you should you should walk different or you should at least be attempting to walk different with a right mind and a right heart right 
Well, whenever you ask God to forgive you for, for prejudice, then when you get up, then you need to start working on that prejudice. You know, when you, whenever you got, you got lust, you need to try to do what you can to stop having to look at the computer or what have you. When you've when you got an attitude, you need to start, say, God, what can I do? Help me with this attitude. Help me to focus on something else so I can fuel that rather than the negative stuff. But then it says, verse 25, 28, sorry. But when the man left the king, okay, listen to this. He just got forgiven a million dollars. When he left, the servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He went to him, and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His, follow, his fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for some more time. Please be patient with me. I'll pay it back. But his creditor wouldn't, wouldn't have it, and, and he said that he wanted him arrested and put into prison until the debt could, debt could be paid. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, and they went back to the king and told him what happened. And then the king called this man in to forgive him. Um, your, uh, he said, you evil servant, I forgave you a tremendous debt, but you have pleaded with me. And shouldn't you, shouldn't you have the same mercy on your fellow servants just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. Listen to verse 35. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, listen, that's not saying that God's going to put you in prison and torture you. That's not what it's saying. It is saying that God's not going to forgive you if you don't forgive others. And if God has forgiven us a tremendous debt, think back about all the things, the bad things you've said, done, acted, failed, all the things that you've done that nobody even knows about right now, that, 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 that you've done in your private, a secret, that, that, that God forgive you, God forgive you all that, and now... He's saying, look at all the tremendous debt I gave you, and someone talked about you, and now you, you're going to hold unforgiveness about them. Really? That's millions versus thousands or hundreds. We pray, we pray all the time the Lord's Prayer. And I don't think you understand what's in the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In that prayer, the prayer that God says to pray, the Lord's Prayer, it, it says, forgive us our trespasses, our sins. So forget trespasses, our sins. So forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Another translation says, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive us for what we owe you for what other people owe us as we forgive those. Okay, forgiveness fact number two. In order to forgive, you have to look through the eyes of Jesus. This is something that I'm really big on, and other people in the world may have gotten it, but this is something God gave me um, a, a while back, and I want to talk to you about it. In, in 1 Samuel 16 and 7, the Lord doesn't see the, thing, the, the way you see them. People judge outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And what I, what I like to always talk about is put on your God goggles. Put on your God goggles. And I said I had a whole message about this one time. But, 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 and you have to put your God goggles on so you can see the way Christ saw rather than through your own evil flesh. You know, do you ever wonder why Jesus stood on that cross and they had beaten him to where his own mama didn't hardly recognize him? His, his bowels were hanging out. He was whipped and beat and crucified on that evil cross and he was spit upon. They picked his hair. They were just, it was just ruthless and whipped 39 times. It was am just amazing torture what he went through. And he sat up there on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for that. They don't know what they're doing. How does that happen? Well, let me tell you this. If you were on that cross and you saw John Michael, you know, you, you know, you, you, Craig, you saw Elise, you know, you know, I can't see everybody. You saw Hope, you know, you saw them out there. 
and you know what they did to you, but you had the power to forgive them. You wouldn't want to send your kids to hell. What would you say? God, I know they've done wrong. I know they did me wrong, but forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand the whole truth. They don't get it yet. They're, they're struggling. They, they're, they're listening to the lies of the enemy, and they don't understand. That's how he, he, he saw, and I said this at Easter a couple years ago, that the blood from his head was pouring down across his eyes, so he saw through the blood. He didn't see through even his human eyes. He saw through the blood, and the blood was applied to, to their lives through that moment, and he didn't, because of the blood, he didn't see their sin. He saw their soul. And so we need to start looking at people's soul. Don't look on the outside um, like we, we look, on, look at the heart and start realizing that person will go to hell if they don't change. Yes, I got issues. I got, I got all this kind of stuff. But if they don't change their heart of stone into a heart of flesh, then what's going to happen is they're going to end up in hell. And you need to worry more about the, but the hell that they're about to face than the little talking about you, the gossiping about you on the back, whatever they, whatever they did to you. That doesn't even, that's irrelevant compared to hell. I don't care, but you don't know what, they, I don't care what they did. Nothing compares to the pit of hell for eternity. Where we, even ourselves, deserve to be without God's grace. And so, when you think about lies and betrayal and injustice and false accusation and pure hatred against him, for him to be able to say forgive them was amazing. And I just love that, that he can see, look through those eyes of, of blood. And we just pray that we're able to put on our God goggles and see people differently. Whenever you hear words, the word betrayal, false accusation, injustice, offense, abuse, hurt, who comes to your face in your mind? When I say that, the whole time I'm talking right here, most of you have somebody already, you've been thinking about the whole service, that you're like, <sighs> talking about this person maybe you have several people but every one of you probably have somebody that you got a little awed against something that you're thinking about but let me tell you God is not blind he sees that he saw what they did to you okay and we should too and he wants us to be able to forgive them because my forgiveness point fact three says if you don't offer forgiveness he can't you can't receive forgiveness, Matthew 6 and 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, the Father will not forgive your sins. I've said before that I think one of the biggest populations in hell is going to be people who did not forgive. That's a sin. There's going to be everybody who's sinners in hell, but I think the biggest portion of, of, of that is going to be people who did not forgive because it says, man, if you don't forgive others, I ain't going to forgive you. That's, that's pretty poignant. It doesn't say that if you lie, then, 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 I, then I won't forgive you. That's a sin, obviously, but, but God will forgive a lie. Yeah, I can, you can murder somebody and God will forgive you, but if you don't have unforgiveness, God won't forgive you. That's how important this is, guys. We've got to really grasp this and get over our own selfish pride, our own selfishness and, 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 and inwardness and say, you know what? We have to forgive. We need for God's forgiveness. We need it. So here's what it means. You need to forgive every person who has wronged you, who has betrayed you, who has abandoned you, stolen from you, was unfaithful to you. We have to forgive it all and not carry that bitterness. And like I said, maybe you're not at, at the unforgiveness part yet. Maybe you're at the bitterness. Maybe you're at just a little angry with somebody. If you don't grab that now, it will continue to grow. A couple years ago, I preached about a book um, called um, 
Love Like You Never Been Hurt by Jensen Franklin. And he did, he's talking about a couple things. And he said, in Singapore, they do this test. They did this test, and um, they had somebody who, two or three people who didn't have, um, they had all an unforgiveness in their heart. And then they did two or three people that, that was Christians and they said, hey, you know what? I'm really free from it. It doesn't bother me no more. What have you, what have you. Same built, same athletic ability, same size, everything. And they made them jump. And in all the cases that they did, the people who were free from unforgiveness always jumped higher. It physically affected them. And then, if you, if you don't want to believe that, the Mayo Clinic, the Mayo Clinic said, said that uh, just holding a grudge, not even unforgiveness, just a grudge against someone has a negative effect on your cardiovascular system. And that holding a grudge um, it, um, offensive regularly will cause high blood pressure, elevated heart rates, and increased muscle, muscle tensions. But when you choose to forgive, then you're left with better heart, better blood pressure, better relationships, greater spiritual, better, greater psychological and sociological relationships, and, um, and, and a stronger immune system. Forgiveness is the key to your freedom, healing, and wholeness. If Bruce or, or if y'all would come up, you or Hannah. But forgiveness is the key. This is what Corey Ten Boone said. I think I might have used this before. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks a door to resentment and handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and shackles of selfishness. Corey Ten Boone said that. Now I know there's some obstacles standing in our way, and, and, and you want to understand a little bit more about this. So let me help you. And all of you have been thinking what I'm about to tell you right now. But you don't know what they did to me. And if I forgive them, then it's going to be like it's okay. Forgiveness never does not mean that you forget what happened. Forgiveness does not mean that you just forget, okay, well, whatever, just don't worry about it. You don't pretend like it never happened. It doesn't eliminate the severity of the events. If Jesus was here today, you would doubt in Thomas, right? Um, um, Didymus, Diddy, right? He was sitting there, and, and he came to him and said, I want to see the nail prints in your hands. It, he said, look, touch, touch them. The nail prints, he forgave, but he still had the scars. He didn't forget. It was still right there in his feet, in his hands. So just because you forgive does not mean that you don't have the scars from it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that it's still severity of that. But Jesus forgave them, and you've got to forgive them as well. Another thing that in the book um, Jensen says is that, he says, when you forgive through the grace of God, you will begin to remember differently. The offense will eventually become a point of reference of how far you've come from the healing process and how much God has worked in your life to see you beyond the hurt. I love that. You'll start to see the honest, instead of seeing them as this evil person, you'll look back and say, you know what, this, this, this scar here or whatever, you know, I saw last night I was, when I was around the bed with Ethan, he had a scar right through the middle of his eyebrow. And his mom said, that's where he fell off the bunk bed. You know, and gashes his eye wide open. And so that was painful and hurtful right there, man. And it was just so much excruciating pain right then. But now it, it, you look back and you see that, oh, that's when that happened. It don't even, it don't even hurt no more. But I remember, I remember what happened. You may remember what someone did to you, but you'll have a scar to show. But you know what? That happened, but thank God I'm healed from that. 
You'll be able to use that. Number two, forgiveness, and here's another thing that y'all are, all y'all are wondering. Forgiveness does not release the offender from the consequences. But if I forgive them, then they're just going to get away with it. Absolutely not. The driving force behind the lack of forgiveness is you wanting them to get what's coming to them. Billy Graham said, listen, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. And so Holy Spirit convicts, God judges, and I love and forgives. Listen, there's scripture. It tells you, you reap what you sow, one way or the other. But it's not your job to decide. Because you know why? Because you might judge too harshly for the crime. You might not. You may judge not enough for the crime. But God knows. Number three, forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. The relationship that you're trying to rebuild does not always mean things are going to go back the way they were. And I've had this so many times in ministry. Things happen. People's going to be untrustworthy. They're going to be manipulative. They're going to be abusive. And, and sometimes, in some cases, going back to that same relationship will, will be danger to you. It will be dangerous for you to go back and that's because it's going to happen all over again. And you may have situations that, 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 that people have been un, that manipulative and untrustworthy and all this. So it does not mean that you've got to go back and be the best friend with them. You've got to be invited. But you have to forgive them. And if that person ever called you and needed you, you had to be able to be able to say, hey, I will be praying for you. I will, you know, you, you're not, like I said, you don't have to, 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 to cross that line, but you, you have to be able to, to love. You don't have to put yourself in a position to be hurt again. And I've had to do that. I've had to put up, put up boundaries at times. Does that make it easy? No. Do you want to do that? No. But sometimes you have to guard your heart. So how do I do all that then, Pastor Doug? My last three quick points. Number one, you have to open your heart. God, I want to forgive. This situation is horrible, and Pastor Doug talked, and I really hit my heart. I have to forgive. So, Lord, I want to forgive. And then once you get to the place where you truly in your heart are saying, and you really mean it with everything in you, God, this is hard, but I really want to forgive. That's where healing begins. And then then begin to extend compassion by praying for them and trying to help in your mind navigate where it came from and and just trust God with that and then release that person from the prison inside your heart right now you got your heart and you got them in their prison in chains and you are in control I got them they're paying right here in my heart and that's what you think what's really happening is you're in that heart, you're in chains, you're in prison in your own heart, and you got their face on your head. And you think you're punishing them. You're thinking you're holding them captive, but you're holding yourself captive. And you have to release that. You have to let that go. You have to open that door and throw away the key and say, come out. And I've said this 100,000 times on social media and other things. But, but, and you probably heard it by now, but, you, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and wanting somebody else to die for it. You, you're drinking it, you're drinking it down, but I want Daryl to die, though. I hope he dies, you know. And you're drinking poison yourself. Maybe another way to look at it is that, that you're, you are in a burning building, and you're in a burning building, and your building's burning down, and you're burning down with it, but you hope people outside on the street die from smoke inhalation. It ain't going to happen. You're killing yourself. It's you are killing you. And you have to let that go. You have to release it. 
And some people today are sick, medically sick, and a lot of it has to do totally just with unforgiveness. And if they would just release it to God. All God wants you to do is have the heart to forgive. Once you say, God, I, I'm working on this. I'm trying so hard to forgive. I want to forgive them. Once you really in your mind and your heart and your soul, and you really want to forgive them, it's kind of like being saved. You know, you might come down here and in my heart, Lord, I'm saved. I want to be a Christian. You hadn't got out and lived that out yet. But in your heart, you've decided that you want to serve Christ. At that point, you're saved. So when you really truly in your mind say, God, I really want to forgive. It's my heart. I'm going to forgive God. It's, it's going to happen. Just give me, help me and give me strength. At that point, you're okay with God because you're on that path. You're on your path to forgiveness. Don't feel like, man, I've got to go all the way and totally walk in healing me and wholeness before I'm really out of the, out of the, out of, out of the jail cell of, of this, this situation. No, all you got to do is make your, your mind and make it a point and, and be fully sold on I am forgiven. Then that's my heart, God. I, I know your word says that it's hard. I know it's going to be hard, but I, I do it right now. And you're going to have to keep speaking it. You've got to say it sometimes daily, sometimes several times a day. I've had situations in my life that it's taken me over five years as a pastor, over five years to, to, to totally release where I feel like I'm totally free. Now, am I totally whole from it? I'm mostly whole, but I wouldn't say I'm totally whole from it. But I've definitely forgiven and I'm free from that, and I am walking in more wholeness than I ever have in my life. You know, there's always some loose ends that you got to deal with, right? So I just pray today that you think about this and you share this message with people. Because God says, you know what? You can sin, you can murder somebody, and I'll forgive you. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, I won't. You understand how powerful that is? And it all starts with just being offended. A little bit of bitterness, a little bit of hurt, a little bit of pain. That we've got to let go. We've got to trust God. And God forgave you. And you're going to sin again real soon. Because we all sin. And when you do, you can go back to God and you're going to ask for forgiveness and you're going to want him to forgive you. But he's going to ask you, have you forgiven everybody in your past? And when you do that, then he'll forgive you. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody in here say, Pastor Doug, I, yeah, I've got people i got to forgive, but you know what? I need forgiveness myself. I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I've turned my back on Him, and I haven't served Him or whatever first time, and I, I need to receive Christ. I want God to come in my life and forgive me, and I need to be saved. I want, I want to be saved. I'm not saved right now, Pastor Doug. I'm not saved. And so before I can try to forgive anybody else, I need forgiveness myself. Is there anybody online or anybody in this room who just slip your hand up and say, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior? Amen, amen. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want to receive Christ? You're like, I want to make sure I'm right with God. I just don't feel like I'm walking with God. I don't feel like I feel like if I went, if I died today, I'm not sure where I would go. But I want to receive Christ. Anybody at all? Okay. Let's just pray. That person that prayed, raised their hand for rededication, we just we just pray with us. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God. 
God, that you just reached down and touched. God, there's a hand went up for rededication, Father, that, 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 that they want to just make sure they're right with you. God, that the, that the sin in their life does not stop them. God, that they turn from their ways and they don't get caught up in things of forgiveness and, and sin, God. And they rededicate their life to you right now as they ask you, even right at this moment, as they're asking God for you to come in their heart and forgive them and, and, to, and to clarify, God, their relationship with you and renew their relationship with you. God, let that happen. Is anybody online, Father, that don't know you as their Lord and Savior? I just pray that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus raised from the dead, and that He's in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and that they're saved in Jesus' name. Who would be a, a, a very mature Christian in here? And I'm going to say that you're mature because you, you would do this, and to me, would show maturity. That you say, Pastor Doug. You know, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, and strength, and I'm living a good life, and I'm doing all great things and all this wonderful stuff, but, but I do have some, some stuff in my life and that people that I probably need to forgive that maybe I'm struggling with. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe right now it's just bitterness, whatever. I don't want to make this just about unforgiving. Maybe it's just bitterness, offense, offend, you've been offended, you've been hurt, whatever, and you just got, just Pastor Doug, just remember me that I can, I can work through this and make the right decision and really forgive like I should. Anybody at all? Yeah, 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 hands all over the place. Wow. That's right. See, yeah, we're all dealing with that. Okay. Father, I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for the word. I thank you for such a powerful word that, God, that I, I was wanting to go in different directions, God. But you, God, chose to go in this direction because you knew who would be here today. You knew who would be watching online either today or maybe on this week or this month or maybe next year even, God. And, and you know, Father, Lord Jesus, that, 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 that you got all things in control. Touch our hearts. Help us to be submissive to you and to forgive and to love. And know, Father, that it's all in your hands. It doesn't make it right what they did. It doesn't change that they've that they done wrong. It doesn't get, it does not get rid of the pain as far as what they did to you, but you were able to heal the pain. And then we have a scar that we can look back and say, look what God did. I was so upset. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. We thank you for that. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. Just this next moment or two, and just go ahead and talk to God and say, God, I just.